Hello, and welcome to Sound Up Seattle with your host, Tyler Cartwright, and his co-host, John Carey. We are here today right after work because John has to go to the Storm game, and it's Tuesday. Let's go Storm. So, we're pretty. he's pretty stoked. I'm stoked for him to leave. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, today, we have a little quick discussion on uh, the Mariners, kind of their recent successes, and maybe some of their mishaps tough stretch coming up um it's gonna yeah it's gonna be tough need to really finish this yank series strong this will probably come out after that but hopefully hopefully it's good you know maybe maybe our optimism will make your day better at the end of (laughs) at the end of the series (laughs) (laughs) so true then we're gonna touch on a bit of a nba finals preview last time we discussed the nba we really got off the rails (laughs) talking about the regular season so uh that'll be good to actually go a little in depth there and then maybe just a very brief talk on the NHL and the Stanley Cup playoff. Little NBA parallels there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's basically it for this episode. Thanks for joining us. And as always, a little Coyote Picnic. Thanks for joining us, folks, and uh, let's get things underway. I, you know, I, let's just note I am going to the Storm game tonight. Uh, Storm are one and one now, I believe, and uh, obviously we touched on this. Will be Brianna Stewart's big return to the the Emerald City. John's really hoping for a high five today. I'm really hoping for a partnership deal, um, <laughs> but we'll see. Um, but that'll be fun. Not much to talk on the Storm yet, but. John will come back with a lot of takes, I'm sure, for next week. So many takes. So many. We're going to do a, a storm episode. Um, but let's get started with the only other active Seattle sport right now, and that is our hometown Mariners. Well, uh, let's not forget the Sounders. Not that we're going to talk about them, but we're they about, are active. We're talking about sports here. Right? <laughs> Activities, maybe club clubs. The fire department. Is the fire department a sport? <laughs> um... Anyway, the Mariners, they are coming off a nice stretch uh, where they swept the, as they should, swept the Oakland Athletics and then took two out of three against the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, before losing game one to the Yankees. It was also a bit of a rough start for our boy, the the prince that was promised. The prodigal son returns. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have some thoughts on that? Yeah, so what John is referring to is the Bryce Miller start uh, against the Yankees, which would have been... Yesterday when we record this, it would have been Monday, Memorial Day, because you'll be a little little ways ahead. But when Bryce Miller pitched, he went, was it four and a third or just four? Four and two thirds, but gave up eight. Yeah, Oof. yeah. Um, so he came out to start the fifth, and I think it was pretty obvious that like from the start of the game, to me, it felt like he was hitting his corners in the spots in the first couple batters, but the umpire just like wasn't really giving it to him. Mm. And... I feel like with a rookie going up against the Yankees, you've got Aaron Judge hitting in that two spot. If you're not getting your calls early on, Rattles. it can just like really fluster you. Yeah. Um, and so when when that happens, you know, it felt like he got a little bit away from his typical uh, his rhythm, where he's you know he's a big fastball fastball heavy guy. He throws a lot of fastballs, and then this game he threw like 50 of his 85 pitches were fastballs, which mm. is a lot less than his normal amount. Um, and so in that regard, I think it's just like that early stretch of the game really threw him off his rhythm. 
and he couldn't get going um, in the way that he wanted to, and that just can really seal the deal against a team that can capitalize like the Yankees and specifically Aaron Judge. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Uh, one other thing to note is, yeah, he was not necessarily getting the calls on the corners, but I also felt like they were getting on his fastball early, and that can also shake a young pitcher. Where if that's his go-to pitch and he feels like they're all over it, then you see him start to try to incorporate other pitches at a higher margin. He's throwing more balls. He's getting behind in counts. Um, and I think things kind of just spiraled. It was bound to happen. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. Unfortunately, I kind of thought this this time we found the perfect pitcher. But um, he still is having a great year. One rough outing against a really talented team is not the end of the world. But... Uh, was sad was sad to see is uh john shed a tear that night yeah several several <laughs> um, i only let you see one but my pillow saw many um and so what does that mean you know they won six of their last eight all six of those wins were against subprime teams i think pittsburgh's right around 500 they're around 500 but they've been they've been uh teeter going down the drain yeah because they started really strong yeah um and then you know here they lose their first game to the yankees this is the first of a three-game series. Yep. And then they have a two-game series against the Pod. No, sorry, three-game series against the Rangers, and then a two-game series against the Padres. So, that's a stretch of some stiff competition. Um, what do you make of this stretch? Are you encouraged? Or are you nervous? Um, I would say that I am encouraged, mainly due to the fact that, like, you know, we can take Miller's start aside. We can look at. Our offense recently, we've got really good... I think we've scored four runs in each of the last... At least against the Pirates, and then uh, the Yankees, I believe we scored four or six yesterday. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was six. Um, but yeah, we're, we're scoring at a decent clip, and in the games that we've lost, in the two games that we've lost over this eight-game stretch, it's been when our pitching has kind of blown up. I think both of those times were when the, op- when the opposing team scored 11 runs. And so, to that point... You know, if your pitching's not doing it, but our offense is kind of picking it back up, I, I, can, I believe that our pitching will get back to its normal, and our, if our offense can stay, you know, just at about league average, that's that's where we want to be. What are you seeing right now? Anything you know, on your side? That's a really good point, yeah. So they've only allowed, or they've only scored three runs twice in the eight-game stretch. Everything else has been over that. And the runs allowed, 2-2-1-2-11-0-3-10. Two, two, um, so obviously a couple blips among some really great pitching. Castillo has had, you know, getting his heater back. A little back on track, yep. A little back on track. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Pitching is not what we're concerned about on this roster. It's hitting. And the hitting's been really good. I think you were telling me before we started that Julio's raised his batting average 40 points. Yeah, he was the American League Player of the Week this nice. last week. Um, Did you see what he was batting on the week? Oh, on the week he was like... 411 <laughs> that's all right okay. like he was he was he's been on a tear which we love to see um it's great to see him kind of getting his getting his stride back getting his mojo um he's you know to bring up our bet from before the season started he's kind of getting back on pace for those 35 home runs he's got 10 <laughs> <laughs> that's hey we're you know a little bit under a third of the way through the season it's might be or close. we might be about a third of the way through it the season. It seems like about a third of the way. They've played fifty-four games. But if he's on a heater, that's exactly a third of the way through it's the season. Exactly. <laughs> so he's on pace for thirty home runs. Yeah, but he's on a heater right now. He's going to hit four more in the next four games. Well, that would be big for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, Julio's been really good. I think Gino's 
had a little bit of bad luck where he's just hitting the ball to the deepest parts of the park. Mm. But you saw it on, in that 10th inning uh, against the Pirates the other day. Um, just an amazing, he's got, he's got power to all fields. Um, and center field, you know, in a, on a, you know, I know it's been warm in Seattle, but on a warmer day or where the air's not as heavy, that ball's carrying out. I think he's, he's got it in him to be, uh, to be hitting the ball out of the park a little bit more. Teo got robbed of a home run by Aaron Judge, who had two home runs yesterday and also robbed a home run. So just like in the plus minus and home runs by himself, he was plus three. <laughs> nice. That's sick. Um, um, nice coordinated. That was um, a really good. Um. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> I just also wanted to note, kind of speaking to the pitching non-concern, the two losses where we gave up 11 and 10 runs were George Kirby and Bryce Miller outings, which is, you know, not, I you know, not ideal. Nobody but, wants those guys to have bad starts. Yes, but those are the two guys that we we're like least concerned about in this lineup. Maybe Castillo is up there as well. Maybe I give too much too much credit to Bryce Miller, but um, it's not like it's the bottom of our rotation that's really struggling, and maybe we have to really think about if we need changes there. Nobody's changing George Kirby. Bryce Miller's not losing his his hard won spot just yet. So another reason to remain confident. Yes. The other thing is. There's been a lot of discussion on Mariners Twitter that that Pirates game that where pitching kind of blew up was just like, it was a juice ball. Like the MLB just swapped the balls for a day and just like let the offense kind of run amok. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure and, that was uh, it. I think that, you know, that could happen. I feel like maybe, perhaps. Um, you never know. <laughs> Manfred, dude. Hates Seattle, that guy. Uh, but it was, it was, you know, a big offensive explosion for a team that desperately needed it. So it's, I'll, I'll live with it. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, what would your goal be looking at the next seven games against good teams? I, I, the Mariners need to win four of those seven. They just need to. They can't keep beating up on bad teams and losing to good teams. Not with the level of talent they have. They need to put together a stretch where they're beating the bad teams and they're above 500 against quality teams. Yeah, what I would say is we need to win a series against either the Rangers or Yankees, so that would mean, at the time of this recording, winning the next two against the Yankees and one against the Rangers, mm. um, or winning two against the Rangers and one against the Yankees in the next two, and then split that series with the Padres. Mm. Like, that would be an ideal, like, hey, we won four of the last seven, or, you know, we, we went 500 against the, the teams that were that are good. I would be okay with that as well. Yeah. I just, it's been frustrating, man. It seems like that's been it all years. We are cranking up bad teams, but... When it's time to play the good teams, we seem to fall short. I want a series win against the Rangers. I want to sweep the Rangers. Somebody's got to show these pretenders, you know, what real baseball looks like. So, yeah. Over over the last eight games, the Mariners did leapfrog the uh, the Angels, who might be back in front after last night's loss. Now that I think about it, but they did leapfrog the Angels. They're in third now. Um, they Gosh, were sitting. The th- AL West is monstrous this year. Yeah, the AL is monstrous this year, except for the AL Central. Like the the East has every team above five hundred, I believe. Wow. Um, the West has every team above five hundred, except for the lowly A's. Ah, the A's. <laughs> Who are providing all those teams with their winning records? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the Central is not very good. It would be so nice to be in the Central right now. Mm. Um, NL or AL. <laughs> Good time to be a Cubs fan. That's true. How are the Cubs doing? They're good. I think they're either first or second in the division, depending on how St. Louis is doing. I can't believe the Cardinals have been as awful as they have been. Yeah, you know, the Cardinals, every single year, don't believe anything you hear going into the season. It's 100% like a flip of the coin whether or not they're going to be good. Yeah, they've been 
pretty horrendous for, for what they were expected, I believe, yeah, they're, right? They're last in the division, 24 and 32. And I was wrong. Brewers, Brewers are in the lead. Brewers Cubs have been picked on, it up a little bit. Cubs have been on a rapid descent. So never mind. Good time to be a Brewers fan. <laughs> regardless, both central divisions are trash. Yeah. Um, the Orioles are 34 and 20? Dude, the Orioles are good. What is going on? Them and the Rangers need to play a series to see which one <laughs> is a phony. Because it's one of them. I mean, every team has to lo- or a team has to lose that series, so you can't really say one of them is a phony. They need one to play. of them is a phony for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> one thing that I want to ask you is your thoughts on the usage of Chris Flexen. Because Bryce Miller had given up four runs through four innings yesterday. It was pretty obvious he didn't have it, right? Yes. Like, you know, his, eight, his eight control wasn't very... Innings. Well, he yeah. gave eight runs, and four of those were in the fifth inning. I see, I see. So, um, and the Mariners, for whatever reason, decided not to put in Chris Flexen, who is their long reliever. They use him for that specific purpose. And they bring him in in the eighth to pitch the last two innings of a game that they're down 10-6 to six in, or 10-4 to four in. Like, mm. what, what's what's going on with that? Any uh, Any thoughts or ideas? I get my only thought is the fact that they didn't bring him in initially smells to me like they didn't want to use him on that game if they didn't think it was winnable. And maybe they felt like the offense was starting to click late and they actually had a shot. That doesn't really make sense to use him for two at the end of a game. Either use him or don't use him, but to put him in kind of a different role than he's expecting. Relief pitchers, man, they're kind of like goalies, they're like a unique breed. I think they really like their spots to be consistent, you know? Uh, I remember that's what really aggravated my brother about the Robbie Ray, uh, you know, ninth inning against uh, mm-hmm. Houston in the playoff last year. Was that that's not what Ray's used to. You can't just put pitchers in situations that they aren't used to. And, uh, you know, Flexen did fine. You know, closed it out. But uh, I'd rather just save him for the role that he is meant to play. Well, and in that regard, like, if the Mariners are not going to put him in, because his role is to come in and just kind of like keep things where they are if, yes. if a pitcher is not getting his job done. Yeah. You see that Miller's like not pitching well and to that extent why not put Flexen in in that 5th inning say you know the- theoretically we hope he saves those 4 runs that happened. Yes. And he can go 3 or 4 and get us to the 7th or 8th. Oh, I see as as opposed to letting Miller. Yeah. Why why even let him go into that 5th? confidence in the young blood man or maybe even just this kid needs to learn his lesson you know that was that was my initial thought was like maybe scott service is like hey he can't be successful his entire career like he's gonna get beat up once or twice and he needs to deal with that at some point welcome back to reality you know um but it would have been nice to see him kind of not let the uh let the young boy uh get rocked a little bit that is true yeah fen played decent he gave up one and two innings yeah 110 was really good um he, he did get he did get uh, sent back down to AAA today, Ooh. but that's just because he's not going to pitch anytime soon. So oh, they they called up another guy. Yeah, keep him keep him going. Yeah, flexing. I don't know, man. I you know I've I'm still I think I kind of have an old school mentality when it comes to pitchers. I like to keep the starters in for six seven innings if at all possible. And maybe they felt one way or another it would be good for him to be in there, either a chance to get back on top of the bowl. Not like let him off the hook and pull him, but be like, no, get back and control the game, or to take his lumps. You know, I can't get inside the manager's head, but I, I kind of understand letting the kid try and work through it. I I can see it, especially if you don't think the team has that 
that in him today. Just like, you know, his ERA isn't the thing that matters really no. in, in baseball right no. now. Like, let him let him get his get his kind of mojo back, hopefully. And if not, that's and okay. He's a really young player. Maybe you want that ERA to dip a little bit when it comes <laughs> arbitration time, you know? Last thing you need is him throwing some gaudy stats in your face. They're going to feed him to the wolves. <laughs> um, all that is to say, Chris Flexen big discussion right now should we dfa him we're not using him the way that he should be used he's a starting pitcher mm. should we get rid of him i get rid of is a strong word you well trade turn him into value i think that's reasonable and that I goes back to our discussion last week i think that's tough though because the mariners anytime the mariners try and get any value from flexin it's like hey we know you're not using him you don't need him we'll just wait till you dfa him any team that comes to the mariners that the mariners try and talk into trading with that's just poor understanding you get two teams that both want him you get offers from them and they say hey i have an author offer from the other guy make it better or i'm going to give them to him inflection has value work them against each other eke up his value you might not get 99 cents on the dollar but you can get 70 80 cents on the dollar it doesn't make any sense there's always a need for pitching in the mlb it's not like there's only one team that they can trade with the idea that you go to somebody and be like, oh, we know we don't have to pay you full price. It's like, okay, then I'm going to give him to the other guy. How You want to give me closer to full price? Yeah. No, I, I mean, it's that's definitely another way to look at it, but I think that there's get me in the there. other side of that coin is teams. All, every team knows that the Mariners don't use him and don't have really a need for him right now. So. Put a Mariners cap on my head, put a rotary <laughs> phone in my hand, and let me go to town. I will get you 80 cents on the dollar for flexing. I never understand that. Um, but I get what you're saying. They don't have the most leverage right now, but they could also just keep him. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not one for trading players for wildly less than their value. Even just so I don't get known as an organization that can get taken advantage of, you know? If you're an organization that people know you have to be serious about in trades, it'll increase the value you get for players in the future. Yeah, all that, all that I agree with. I'm just, just trying to pry that out of you. Just trying to get that information and get that that hot, steamy discussion. Out of the <laughs> <time>. <laughs> well, you know, I do what I can. Um, yeah, my knowledge of, of uh, the inner baseball mechanisms of trades is pretty pretty slim, so that's all I really have. Uh, anything else on the Mariners you want to talk about? I think that's it for now. I'm, I'm excited for the next next stretch. Like, I know it's we've good. said it's, it's going to be hard, yeah. but you gotta you got to get through tough games. I'm excited to see how the team shapes up. The offense has been looking good, and I'm excited for that. Yeah. Um, Jared's still cooking. Julio's getting on the rise. Tao's looking great. Yep. Um, JP's, JP. Yep. <laughs> Enough said. Uh, Caballero's t- kind of firmly cemented himself as that second baseman that we were needing. Sorry, Wong. Um, Wong might get DFA'd soon, honestly. Now, he, there's a man I would not mind DFA'ing. Um, but yeah, I all things considered... I'm pretty happy with where the Mariners are at, even though they could be better. Um, but you, it's yeah, looking up. You and I are both certainly in agreement. Like this next next stretch is going to be hard, but it's exciting. Like you want to play good teams, you want to compete against good teams. I don't think we're going to let them off the hook if they lose all three series. But you know, at the end of the day, you can't just beat up on Oakland forever. You yeah. got to play some real teams at some point. So uh, yeah, it'll be a fun stretch. A lot of good baseball coming up. Yeah, let's uh, let's take a quick break. This episode was brought to you by Kroger brand sunscreen. Ooh. Sunscreen. We all need it, especially John and I. <laughs> it's, uh, our ancestors were not, uh, didn't have the most, is it melanin, melatonin? 
one of them. <laughs> I think melatonin is the one you need to that's sleep. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Our ancestors had, were quite insomniatic. Um, but sunscreen's important. It's summer's coming around. It's getting hot out there. Make sure you bring your sunscreen with you on all your backpacking journeys. Remember, melanin, melatonin. They're different. <laughs> all right, let's get into the uh, the NBA discussion. We're going to keep this thing rolling because John has to leave in 20 minutes. Oh, thank goodness. I don't really have to go. I'm just I'm just tired of Tyler. Yeah, he's going to go to his room. <laughs> <laughs> I have to leave. <laughs> um, yeah, a little NBA. So last night... Uh, in a glorious blaze of victory. Uh, the Miami Heat upsets the Boston Celtics to win the series 4-3. to three. What a... Before we go into our finals prediction, what just a wacky series. The Probably just like the weirdest NBA series I ever remember watching. Where, yeah. Where Miami's just completely in control, stepping on their necks, up 3-0, won the first two in Boston. It's like, oh, this series is over. And then they give up the three-game comeback to tie it. Boston is our huge favorites again, playing Game 7 at home. The seven-point favorites. Gosh, I miss gambling. Um, seven-point favorites. And Miami, super confident the whole time. They bought tickets to Denver before the game. Real real show of, show of force. And just came out and kind of stomped the Celtics. Yeah, um... One thing to note is the Tatum injury obviously happened pretty early in that game. That's very fair. Um, and things might have looked different. I feel like Tatum was pretty confident going in. Um, going in. He twisted his ankle, it looked like. Yeah, he just kind of landed funny, I think. Yeah. Uh, but that you know, puts a bigger weight in, in terms of the scoring load and just kind of all-in-all all all weight of the game on Jalen Brown's shoulders. And I just don't think he's the kind of player that can support that. And we've seen that time and time again in these series. To be fair, you know, it, to use not too harsh of language. Jalen Brown was booty. <laughs> he was he was booty incarnate. He's been booty for much of the series. God, his handle was so bad yesterday. His handle was booty. <laughs> as were many other aspects of his game. His three-point shooting, booty. Guy's not great at what he does. I can't believe... And they're going to pay him. They're going to pay him. No, they won't. They will. You think they're going to let him go? I hope so. For, as, as a non-Celtics fan, I hope that Jalen Brown does not make $50 million a year. I mean, what are we saying about basketball? But as a person that doesn't like the Celtics, that sounds great to me because it would curse the Celtics to mediocrity for the next five years. I mean, yeah, but you care more about the NBA. I care about the sport of basketball, or the Phoenix Suns, sorry. I care more about the sport of basketball. And what a president are we setting where Jalen Brown makes $50 million a year? What's that? Is, is Christian Wood going to make $50 million a year next? <laughs> oh, that's so mean to Jalen Brown. <laughs> but your point is taken. Um, yeah. That he's a booty player, so he's he's a total regular season guy, which is strange because you think of him as being like a big motor guy, but every single year in the playoffs, I feel like he gets exposed. Um, Miami has his number, Milwaukee has his number. Make him go left and then just take the ball from yeah, him. Yeah, make him dribble the ball once and yeah, it's over, and then just grab it with your hands. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, but that's fair about the Tatum injury. If that hadn't happened, maybe the game goes differently, but. Miami was shooting the stripes off the ball again. It was just so strange. It's like they were like, okay, we got the first three. We know we'll win game seven. I guess we'll take games four, five, and six off. Rest out. I think the NBA was like, oh, can you guys just like give him a couple? Yeah. And Spolstra is an NBA guy. You know, he's yeah. him and Adam Silver are like this. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, weird game, weird series. 
Good for Miami. Really, really happy for Miami. Yeah, the second eight seed, or sorry, the first eight seed since the 95 Knicks? Who was it in 95 that made the finals as an eight seed? But first team since 95 to make the finals as an eight seed. Um, They'll play Denver, the one seed juggernaut. Um, And I don't think it's looking great for Miami. I think (laughs) Miami is looking down the barrel at their second. That's so cool you guys made the finals. Now get ready to get stomped in four years, which stinks for them. (laughs) But uh, I think that's the future. Yeah, no, I I would agree. Um, One guy that I want to shout out is Caleb Martin. Caleb Mm. Martin had a great series. He was better than Jalen Brown. Oh, he's been better than Jalen Brown the whole series. Yeah. Um, um, he was a nine point per game scorer in uh, in the regular season. Like, and he's averaging like twenty five a game against the Celtics. Yeah, and with that included in his postseason stats, is averaging fourteen a game in the postseason. So he was probably doing about nine again in the other series, <laughs> but just really decided to go off against the Celtics. Yeah, but yeah. Everybody that listens to this podcast knows that you and me are day one Martin brother guys. We're always talking about the Martin brothers. <laughs> Every other day, I swear. They're my number one pick if the Sonics, uh, if the Sonics ever get it, get to draft. It should be the Martin brothers one and two. <laughs> nice, yeah, that's good. <laughs> get that continuity in there. Um, I honestly don't know if the one on the Heat is Caleb or Cody, and I don't really want to know. I, he's a Martin brother. That's all I need. They're, are they the new Morris brothers? Is they're, that a? Is they're that like something? they're like the new Morris brothers, but they're not dicks. Yeah. <laughs> But other than that, it's a good analogy. They're both good, too. They're both NBA rotation players. Yeah. Um, looking ahead into the uh, the finals, we can let's not talk about the Celtics anymore. I feel like there's... Thank God. Yeah, we're, we're done bed. with that. Put a fork As in. you wear a fucking green Red Sox shirt, get out of my room. I, it's the only green <laughs> I, I own. I need to support the storm. Um... What what are we looking at? How is this how is this series going to go? What is is there any sort of thing that Miami can do to stop Denver? Like what are what are we looking at here? Yeah, what they need to do is what they did against the Celtics. They need to shoot the stripes off the ball. They need to be shooting between forty and fifty percent from three every single night. Struce, Martin, Vincent, Lowry, Butler, their guards and their forwards need to be hitting their threes, um, and then. They need to pray a lot, um, and to various gods. Don't don't settle on one. Diversify, <laughs> multiply your chances of success. Um, yeah, the problem is with their crazy shooting against the Celtics. They passed the second place team to become the number one post shoot postseason three point shooting team uh, in the NBA this year. Um, they passed Denver. Denver was number one. So now Denver's number two. So now all they have is the second best three-point shooting in the NBA and the single most talented offensive player in the world who happens to play in the paint um, and has eaten Bam Adebayo alive the last five times they've played. Bam Adebayo is actually three inches shorter than he used to be because Jokic ate the top three (laughs) inches of him. Yeah, I think to elaborate on that, Bam needs to have an amazing defensive series. He doesn't really need to do too much on offense. He kind of, you know, gets his Correct. points here and there whenever whenever yeah. they're playing. He's not capable of doing that much on offense. Yeah. Um, but Denver score they're scoring like 110 at least points per game yeah. in the playoffs. Um, and the playoffs are supposed to be a time when scoring is harder. <laughs> uh, and the Heat, you know, I don't know how many times they broke 100 this series when it wasn't an OT. Um, but it feels like they're scoring like 95 a game. So the Heat need to control the pace of play 
and Bam needs to have a great series, and Jimmy Butler needs to fix his foot because I think he can't jump right now. Mm. Um, and Vincent and Martin have to shoot out of their minds, like you're saying. Um, but Jamal Murray will destroy Vincent. He's he's not Marcus Smart. He's not Derek White. No, he will take advantage of the smaller players. That is that is fair. Um, to that, I do think that they'll but they'll put Butler on him for sure. Who do they put on Porter? Literally anybody that'll stand in the corner and guard threes. Porter's not much of like a drive threat. He can cut, but you don't need size to defend the cut. They well, literally just need to stop him from shooting. Well, that's the thing. He's six ten and can shoot threes. Nobody can really defend him. So I actually, I actually agree with you. Yeah. That, like, what's it, the point of having Jimmy Butler on? It would be Aaron waste. Gordon or Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. Um, but yeah, who do you put on Aaron Gordon? Like they'll put Martin on Gordon because at least he has size, and they'll put Vincent on MP three. Martin, oh yeah. yeah, Caleb Martin. I don't know. I feel like he's not he, very big, is he? I thought he's like a shooting guard type size. Well, he's like six seven, six eight. Oh really? I feel like you're pulling that out of your butt. I completely am. But <laughs> I, I think I'm right. Um, he could be. Regardless, I have no doubt that Butler will spend a lot of time guarding Jamal Murray because he's their primary yeah offensive. I mean, that's worker that's wing. how they run their offense is Murray and Jokic as like a pick and roll, correct, or uh, at the top of the key type thing. Um, Martin yeah. six five. It's gonna be, it's gonna be tough no matter what. I think the the Heat are just smaller. Like yeah, Robinson. Yeah. Every, they're gonna have to have a great series in terms of shooting. Well yeah, they're the problem is they're just gonna have to be so good offensively because I don't see how they're slowing this team down. Another reason they need Jimmy Butler on uh, on the Jamal point Murray guard. Jamal Murray. I was I wasn't sure where you were going, but yeah, really okay. strong in there. <laughs> Jamal Murray is that. They need him to just, like, really get in Jamal's head and, like, screw with him to the point that Jamal's, like, flames coming out of his ears, breaking threes. Just, yeah, upset, hucking up threes, yeah. Or just, like, quits. And, the pro- and like, they need that if they want a chance. I think Jamal Murray's, like, a pretty calm, cool, collected guy. I think he'll talk shit right back to Jimmy. Yeah. And then let him have it from three. Or even if he isn't playing well, they'll just take him out and replace him and have Jokic run the point. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's that, too, but... I, I don't think he's super flappable, and they kind of need him to be. Yeah. Because going to the Jokic point, you are right. Bam needs to have an otherworldly, out-of-body defensive series. The problem is, I don't think anybody can really defend Jokic the way that he plays. And we literally just saw the Lakers, who have arguably the best interior defensive player in the NBA in Anthony Davis. And they tried the two different things you can try. They tried having Anthony Davis on Jokic and having doubles come and help. And they tried having Anthony Davis off ball to kind of play free safety on Jokic and come over and double. And they got absolutely cooked by Jokic for four straight games and they got swept. So I don't know what Bam is supposed to do that Anthony Davis didn't already try. The problem is Jokic does everything on offense. He can shoot the three. He can shoot the mid-range. He can post your ass up and he will hit every single pass you can possibly conceive of uh, off of doubles, and he'll hit cutters, and there's just, what is there to do? It's like, okay, we need to defend Jokic. What do you do physically? Hit him in the knee with a baseball bat? That's what I was going to say, is go for his knees. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I am not sure what answers there are, other than go for the knee. If they took him out at the knee... If they gave Max Struess, like, some brass knuckles and told him to just, like, hit him in the side of the knee and get ejected for this series, that might be their best chance at the dub. 
Yeah. Would 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 Struess win a ring if he if he did that? If he got ejected for the series? If he punched Jokic <laughs> in no, the knee. Like this is not you know Okay. Separate of that, if you got ejected for the entire series of the finals, would yes. you win a ring? Like as a You would, assuming it wasn't a situation where you're getting like thrown out of the league. Mm. Like if it was like, no, this guy's a danger to society, yeah. Uh he would not get a ring. But if it if it was he got, you know, a two or three game ejection, but they were like, Yeah, you can come back after that even if the series happened to end before that, yeah, he'd get a ring. Hmm. Yeah, I think... If something was really bad, the Heat would probably, like, kick him off the roster, you Yeah, know? I mean, this is this is purely not, not like a Heat... <laughs> I know, yeah. Max Struess, we have nothing against you, my guy. <laughs> this podcast took a turn. Should Max Struess be thrown out of the NBA? This is purely a, like... Oh, you did something very bad and yeah. got ejected for six games or whatever it is. You will not be coming back. Yeah, I mean, do you Ron, win a ring? Ron Artest like literally elbowed James Harden in the face on purpose and didn't get thrown out of the league. So that's true. I don't know what you would have to do, uh, but no, I think he'd get a ring. Did you hear that crazy story that if the Lakers had won the title, <laughs> remember when people thought that was possible? Uh, that if they had. Both Russell Westbrook and Pat Beverly would both be getting rings because yeah. technically they were on the roster at some point that year. So yeah, Struess would get a ring. <laughs> that dirty bastard. <laughs> Never trusted that guy. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah I think Denver's awesome. I think they're okay defensively, and I think they might be the best offensive team ever. I think that's a real chance, and people will automatically jump to the 2017-18 Warriors. That team was awesome offensively. They were a really good defensive team, and that was a big part of their identity and how yeah. dominant. And I, I still think that team is a better basketball team. If they were to play this team, I think they would win. Um, but with the way this offense is built around Jokic as just this unbendable cog and just having all these elite shooters and cutters rotating around him, I've never seen anything like it for an NBA offense. Yeah. I. This is, so, as somebody who lost the Sonics very young and never really had an NBA team. <laughs> oh, he lost the Sonics. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I didn't really follow the NBA, obviously, until we moved in together a couple years back at Oregon State. And uh, these last couple years have been, like, the most that I've watched the, the NBA. The best of your life. Mm, don't pro- don't propose, man. It's debatable. Um, but this is definitely, like, this Denver Nuggets team is one of the craziest teams that I've ever seen. Um, yeah. It's so really frustrating. It. As a Suns fan, I can tell you from firsthand how like frustrating and terrifying it is to like watch them on offense and just be like, um, maybe we'll get a stop this time. <laughs> and just like, no, 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 no. Some of those Suns games were so crazy because we'd be scoring like 60% of the time and be down 15 because they're scoring 75% of the time. Yeah. And it's because 25% of the time Jokic isn't on the court. Um, no, they're they're awesome, so... I think that kind of wraps up our NBA preview. Yeah, quick if... prediction for the series? Uh, yeah, I'm saying Nuggets in four. I think they're going to sweep them. I'm going to actually say Nuggets in six, Ooh. purely because of the heat factor. Like it's like, oh, they have to win at least at least one. I think that's with a very Jim, crazy Jimmy Butler game, and yeah. then one where Spolster just like out coaches Mike Malone. Okay, so we've got a couple on air bets going on right now. I say we can do another one. Five bucks, six is you, four is me, five or seven's a push. I'll take that. I'll take, I'll take that. And if the Miami wins, then we'll both eat a hat. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll buy, we'll buy uh, 
Jimmy Butler jerseys and wear those for eight weeks straight. <laughs> Maybe get tattooed Jimmy Butler jerseys on our actual skin <laughs> so that we're always wearing Jimmy Butler jerseys. Um, anyway, that's enough NBA. We just wanted to touch on NHL before we go because tonight the Stanley Cup playoff starts and it's between a one seed coming out of the West and a plucky eight seed who beat the one seed in the East. From Florida. From Florida. <laughs> that's a good point. Coming out of the East. Um, Denver and uh, Vegas, not too far away from each other either. Yeah. Um, yeah, just kind of a freaky parallel. Um, both Florida teams are kind of plucky upstarts that are really good in the clutch. Tuchuk on the Panthers is an absolute machine. I'm kind of obsessed with him. He might be my favorite non-Kraken player um, from the postseason this year anyway. Um, and unlike Miami, I think they have a real chance in the series. The Golden Knights whooped up on uh, the Dallas Stars, who had to use every ounce of their energy to uh, get a win against the Kraken. They completely burned themselves out. They had nothing left to offer the Golden Knights after that colossus battle uh, with the Squids from Seattle. But uh, Panthers took care of business against the Carolina Hurricanes as well and uh, really played well and, and took care of business, particularly late in games and in overtimes. Um, and hockey is just, it's just more of a random sport. I think it's fair to say, um, there's less game to game predictability. Uh, and I think they have a real chance. I'm going to be rooting hard for the Panthers over the, uh, Golden Knights. Nobody likes to see a champion. And what would that be? Two of the last four seasons. If, if the Knights won again, I believe so. And if I'm not mistaken, this would be the Panthers' first ever uh, Stanley Cup win. That much I don't know. Remember, we just started following the NHL. <laughs> yeah, that's that's totally, I'm pulling that out of thin air. But based on the fact that they're this in Florida, I think that's fair. John's fake fact corner. <laughs> John's fake fact corner. This is, yeah, the Panthers' first ever Stanley Cup. I'm comfortable with that. I'll take that. Um, <laughs> Get back to us. Let me know if I'm right or not. In, uh, in other NHL news that has to do with the Kraken, I did read on Twitter today that there was going to be a meeting with the Kraken, or like a big like announcement from the Kraken GM, um, and like I think it's like owner and coach, mm-hmm. and they were all like meeting to talk to the presses at some point. It might have been like this afternoon, which hasn't been posted yet, mm-hmm. um, or tomorrow. But that's going to happen sometime soon, so hopefully when that comes out, it'll be some big news. Big news in a positive way, yeah. not big news in a, we're all quitting and going to Boca way. <laughs> Yes, but that is that is something to look forward to if you are a and you know by the time this comes out hopefully it was it was fun and and cool. <laughs> hopefully it was fun and cool. I hope all of you guys have really fun and cool days. Uh, we're reaching the end of our time, but you know I hope you had a fun and cool Memorial Day. <laughs> I hope you guys have a fun and cool upcoming weekend. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah! If you enjoyed this episode of Sound Up Seattle, please feel free to give us a follow on Spotify. If you found us and are listening to us, you are likely on Spotify. So give us a follow. Um, we Sound Up Seattle can be found on Twitter, uh, TikTok, and Instagram at Sound Up Seattle, all lowercase, all one word. Uh, you can find me, Tyler, at Tycart50 um, anywhere. And you can find John at the Storm Game tonight. Let's go. Screaming. Look for the girl with the broken smile. <laughs> um. Yeah, we hope you have a good good Thursday, I guess, when this comes out, and uh, a good upcoming start to your summer. And as always, let's go AMS. Go AMS, baby.
All right, into the NBA? Yeah, the quick look at this video of this ghost fork. <laughs> Oof, that's Oof. mean. Is that, uh, is that basically like a knuckleball? I don't really understand a ghost fork. I think it's a knuckleball that just drops really late, mm. is the idea. But, like, you don't even... Like, it's so late that hitters don't even necessarily, like, understand what happened until they see the film. They're like, Wait, yeah. no, no, I was there. Where did it go? <laughs> um, but I'm not sure. Gotcha. Um, 